This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Molly, I want to design a beautiful website, but I don't have the kind of money that it takes to hire like a Swedish architect to design my website. What should (laughs) I do? You you know what, Matthew? Uh, Rest easy. You can get Squarespace to do it for you. They've got beautiful templates created by world-class designers. I don't know if they're Swedish architects, but they're world-class. Well, they're Swedish enough for me. And I hear there's (laughs) nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. And I can use this to make a blog, a portfolio, an online store. Is yep. this all true? It's all true. All you have oh, thank to do goodness. is go to squarespace.com for your free trial. Use the offer code SPILLED to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com, offer code SPILLED. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show we cook something delicious, eat it all, and we are already talking about it. And uh, the thing we are already talking about is called roast chicken. Hey, maybe you've heard of it. It's today's topic. Uh Uh-huh. I have heard of it, but um, let's just get the embarrassing admission out of the way right away. So I've been saying this is the second time I've ever roasted a chicken, but I couldn't actually think of a previous time. Oh, you were just trying not to say that it was the first time. Right, yeah, like, like you know, this isn't my first time. Like, I've done this before. It's so interesting. You know, I was thinking about that. I was talking to my mom about this fact yesterday and how I think this is the very first time that I have ever, like, made a lot of something and you've never, ever made it. Like, ever. What about... And I was just trying to describe the difference in our cooking styles, because I feel like I became really interested in mastering roast chicken. Did you become interested in mastering the art of French cooking? Oh, yeah. I actually did. You actually no, did master I it. I became really interested in, like, mastering roast chicken. I remember it was 2004, and I was living alone in this apartment I lived in in grad school, and I was newly single, and my ex-boyfriend had been um, a vegan for most oh, of the time we so were together. It's like you were roasting him. Uh, no. His um, memory. Anyway, even when he wasn't vegan, he was a, a pretty strict vegetarian, like really just didn't like dairy products a lot. And so when we split up, I had just started eating meat again, um, and, and really... Wanted to feel a sense of, I I still don't feel like a very confident meat cook, but I really felt like I wanted a repertoire in the way that like, 
I don't know. Like the woman of the house has a repertoire in like the wow, 50s. Wow, that's not what I expected you to yeah, say. Yeah, no, it's a very unfeminist thing uh, here. This Did you feeling. have like a frilly apron? I remember I was dating like more in this short period of time than I had ever dated in mm-hmm. my life before which is to say I wasn't dating very much, but it felt like a lot for me. And I remember I had this sort of like go-to meal mm-hmm. that I cooked for a couple different guys I was dating. Um, I wasn't dating them at the same time. I was, <laughs> oh, ne- I was never, I was never that exciting. That. Yeah, I don't know. that. I, I never tried that. Weird. No, I was I've, always I've like... Definitely never dated two people at the same time. Yeah, fascinating. Anyway, um, I would roast a chicken using the Zuni Cafe method. Which, which is what I did today. Talking about some more in just a second. I roasted a chicken. I would roast some like delicata squash. I would do this um, whole glazed Brussels sprouts recipe. You do it in a pan. Oh, that sounds good. You cook them like with a little bit of water and sugar and olive oil until the water all evaporates away. I feel like this this, uh, period of fruitful dating happened in autumn. Did yeah, it, it okay. did. It did. Yeah, it really started in earnest, like in September, probably of two thousand four. And Ernest was one of the guys you were dating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyway, so I can't remember what the last item was, but this I saw as being like a really a meal that I was really proud of myself for being able to produce. And it made me feel like a grown-up. Yeah. I think that roasting a chicken made me feel like a grown-up, like somebody who could um, invite people over for Sunday lunch. You know, that makes a lot of sense to me because even, like, I was really feeling anxious thinking about roasting this chicken today. You were. You were pretty Uh, stressed out. And. I think part of it was more like existential than culinary. You were like, does this mean that I can't make dumb jokes anymore? Does this mean I'm all grown up? Right. Like, I don't feel like a a person who can roast a chicken. You, You really don't? Really, I'm not. I'm not doing a bit. Like, like seriously. Like, this feels like more, more adult and domestic than than like I feel inside. That's so interesting. Is there any other food that feels emblematic of this like level of like domesticity? I don't think there is because there's all like you know I make like uh, beef stew. That that doesn't. Oh, that feel... seems. But that seems like real grown upy kind of food. But. But I mean, it, there ain't no here's like, the college student I think. out there who's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make some beef stew and but, I'm going to get laid. Yeah, but here's but here's the thing. I mean, I, I that, thought my roast chicken was going to cool. get me laid. Did but it? It's kind of an unsexy thing. Wait, um, the thought was unsexy or the chicken? I feel like roast chicken, it's not sexy. It's like comforting. Yeah. So here's the thing about the beef stew is that, and I, I remember this from being like maybe like right out of college, is you wouldn't make a beef stew, but you would buy a can of beef stew. And you can't buy a can of roast chicken. Although you can buy a rotisserie wow. chicken, which we'll get into. Wait a minute. They sell chicken in a can. Remember like whole chicken in a can? There's a video yes. of it being uncanned. That let's, yeah, let's not even think about let's it. Let's forget that I mentioned it. <laughs> um, no, you're right. There is there is chicken in a can. I, I, uh, I told a lie. But well, okay, hold on. Question. Yeah. So when you and Lori were first starting out in your adult lives, okay? Uh-huh. First of all, she was a vegetarian at that time. Oh, okay. So but, but you presumably were already really interested in cooking? Yeah, although I wasn't good at it. I still well, don't think I'm good at it. Well, no, I I I think that's a great thing. I don't feel like I'm good at it either. I but I feel like um we both have things that that feel 
that that feel like if I can make this, I feel really good about myself. Like, did you have? Do you remember like oh, yeah. you, the roast chicken of of your early adulthood? Um, like in your own like first apartment, like with Lori. Yes, I do. And so it was it was like a couple years in because uh, so it was when uh, uh, Lori was no longer a vegetarian. So. Uh, Chicken broth, making a good homemade chicken broth was definitely a thing. Totally. Why is that so different from roast chicken? I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like it's interesting to me that both of these like super, uh, these things that mean like adulthood are, but they both involve chicken. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, I guess what we're saying is that that in America, this has been a very serious episode so far. In America, adulthood equals chicken. (laughs) Hey, are you Peter Pan? Want to be a kid forever? Be a vegetarian. Yeah, just or just just avoid chicken. Yeah, just avoid like, chicken. I mean, yeah, you could probably have beef, lamb, mm-hmm. pork. If a chicken comes like pecking down your block, run the other way. Yeah, <laughs> that was a so, dumb joke, Matthew. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't a joke. It was serious advice for serious people. Okay, should we memory lane it? Let's memory lane it. Okay. Yeah, roast chicken. My mom made probably once a week when I was growing wow, up. Wow, really? Yeah. And See, emblematic of domesticity. Right. What and a mom thing to do. I didn't like it. You didn't? I didn't hate it. You know, there. I could certainly think of a lot of things that, like, if I had been served as a kid, I would have just cried and, and left home. But roast chicken, I felt about it then kind of the same way I do now. And I want to talk about this, like, maybe semi-seriously. I, yeah, I agree. I mean... What? I'm so glad you brought this up. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Wait. Let me do my memory link. Let's let's do it. So my dad, I remember him roasting chickens. Um, usually with like, I feel like he would put like dried herbs on them or something. Mm-hmm. I feel oh, like this definitely. was like the, the era of rosemary. <laughs> yes, it was the the the, the, the rosemary, rosemary era. The rosemary. Oh, that was nice. Thanks. Anyway, um, I remember him roasting them. I remember it. Uh, not happening that frequently. I feel like there were other things that my dad made much more frequently than roast chicken. But I remember somehow, I remember seeing it come out of the oven. Okay, Somehow, sure. like, its presence made an impression. Yeah. And then I think, so I've talked before about this meal that I had when I was, like, 18 and backpacking around Europe with my cousin Katie. I remember you mentioning this. This uh, this was a real formative experience It was for a really you. formative I, I experience. Yeah, but it didn't involve roast chicken. <laughs> it involved grilled sardines. <laughs> but, but anyway, there was something about that meal, this idea of being capable of cooking for a crowd of people, whether, you know, your, your, your family or friends who are family, inviting them over on a Sunday and being able to pull off this meal that feels easy and yeah. relaxed. And I feel like there is this idea that cooking something like a roast chicken is like this, oh, that old thing? Oh, I just yes. threw it in the oven. And yet, yet, I think it's very difficult to make a good roast chicken or it requires really trying a lot of different methods. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know. I think there are some people who really love it. I think I always like the idea of it, even today, more than I really love eating it. Yeah, I mean, it smells very good. It looks impressive coming out of the oven. It impresses me. 
Right. Yeah. I'm, I, I could I mean, tell how Im- how impressed you were when you came in the door. Yeah. No, it smelled great in your apartment. The sight of it. I mean, e- e- I'm saying like even when I make it, I'm like so impressed with myself. Yeah. I'm no, like, I I am. A, I am living. I mean, the I don't think the roast chicken I made is very good, but it's not bad either. And I'm, no. I'm impressed with myself for pulling that off. But I mean, there's something about. Well, okay. okay. Like just for instance, um, Saturday, I sat down and I was making a grocery list. Uh-huh. I knew I was going to go to the grocery store on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's a good reason to make a grocery list. Yes. And anyway, I was thinking about what I wanted to make for the week. And my daughter is a huge fan of meat. And my partner, I think, it would tend to eat more meat than I would. And so I've been sort of trying to just plan more meat stuff than I usually would. Mm-hmm. Or than I previously would in the previous incarnations of my life. Uh-huh. God, there have been a lot of incarnations. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Remember what that time you were a frog? <laughs> yes. I was going to make this recipe um, out of Samin Nosrat's book, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Uh-huh. I think I think this is the best easiest recipe for roasted chicken okay okay she has you marinate it in um Mm, in salted buttermilk okay you you season buttermilk like two cups of buttermilk like i can't remember how much salt but a lot of salts which i feel like is a a precursor to fried chicken right right right. so basically you put the you put your whole chicken in a bag you dump in this salted buttermilk and you leave it in the fridge for ideally at least a day okay and then you kind of wipe as much of the buttermilk off as you can. That I mean, sounds gross. It is, it's kind of gross. Uh, you don't have to be super meticulous. Okay. And then you basically just roast it. And it gets this wildly burnished caramel skin because of the sugars in the buttermilk. Oh, you should have told me to do this. And... I it, love things that are wildly burnished. And it uh, it's also incredibly moist and tender because of the buttermilk. And... It also just doesn't require that much fiddling and fussing. Yeah. I wanted you to make the Zuni one because it is, I feel like, the standard bearer for a lot of people. It's been around for a while. But uh, hold that thought. So I was making this grocery list and I was thinking, oh, that like Samin's buttermilk marinated chicken. So good. I'm going to make that. But then I thought, even though that's really gorgeous and delicious and I think a really great roasted chicken, when I really think about it, I just don't want to eat roasted chicken very much. Like I would rather <laughs> no, we're doing it again. I would rather buy it and like cut the meat off the bone, uh, save the carcass and make stock with uh-huh. it, and then cook, you know, brown the pieces of meat and then you know braise them somehow. Or I would rather, um, I, I don't know, like. Okay, so this yeah. is kind of what why, I'm wondering. Why, why, and why don't we love this? Well, like, and I've had really good roasted chicken. Yeah, I've made well, really we'll good talk about chicken. we'll talk about some of these because I've I've had some. Okay, there, there's really one that I remember that I really enjoyed. Okay, uh, but we'll we'll get there in a minute. So my question about roast chicken, and I realize we're doing this thing again, but at least at least we've done some research and some homework this time. Is like, what what do you do around like bite number four? When when it's just like this exactly the same as the first three bites. Yeah, but that's kind of the issue with steak as well. It I mean, is the issue with it, steak. It, I agree. It's, it's the issue with most uh, Western preparations of meat. I think you really hit on something there. Like, right? I seriously, mean, I think that we like. I think Western preparations of meat tend to uh, not do a lot with the meat. 
and just assume that that the taste of the meat is enough. I so the, for dinner, I'm planning to take uh, to to like pull the meat off of this roast chicken and make uh, Lori's pick of the week, which is uh, chicken tortas. So I'm going to toast some uh, some torta rolls, mm-hmm. and uh, there's going to be chicken. There's going to be uh, beans, lettuce, homemade salsa. So there'll be some some crunch on there, some spicy, some. <sighs> Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I, I find that, especially in comparison to you, I cook much simpler, uh-huh. right? I mean, I, I uh, yeah, I, I feel like I cook um, in, a, in a very uh, simple, without a lot of spices kind of way. Yeah. Like However. Your vanilla. Thanks. Mm-hmm. However, um, even with that said, I don't know. I just, I just find meat often really boring in its basic state. And I think I go to the trouble and the expense to buy good meat, uh-huh. too. Like, I'm I'm buying, like, chicken at the farmer's market. Or, you know, like, I'm, I'm trying to do this not only in, in a way that I can feel good about ethically, but that also is going to give it a lot of flavor. Yeah. And I go and home yet. and I make this thing and I'm super excited. And then I kind of have all these leftovers and I just don't care. And I yeah. wind up turning the leftovers into something that has more flavor or fat, like uh, chicken salad. Mm-hmm. Love a good chicken salad. I don't like chicken salad, as I you know, know, but I can I can see that 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 would have more textural interest, more acid than the, even like. So okay, okay. Here yeah. here in Seattle, I would say the most famous roast chicken in a restaurant is at Le Pichet. Yes, and that is the one that I was thinking of that it's I've like very gone. Good. You know, it's like this little romantic French restaurant. I I went, you know, I've gone there like on a date with my wife and uh, we split the roast chicken for two and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it'll, it'll take 45 minutes like so uh, you know, you have to gaze into each other's eyes longingly and uh, and wait and get really hungry. And, and it feels and it so really special. It's it's really good. And then they serve basically what I think is the exact same chicken, but they serve it cold uh-huh. um, and, and a whole half of it. Uh, not the whole chicken. A whole half, yeah. They serve a half, a cold roasted half chicken yep. at Cafe Press, which is the sibling of Le Piche. And sure. they serve it with a little pot of mayonnaise and a salad. And I feel like... Not only is the chicken delicious, but that chicken, it is just screaming for that mayonnaise. And the union of chicken and mayonnaise is so perfect. So why? Is it okay to eat roast chicken like with a dipping sauce? Of course it is. Okay. When I make roast chicken, and yes, I continue to make roast chicken despite the fact that every single time I kind of look at the leftovers and I'm like, oh, do I have to deal with those? And then I do because I don't want to waste it. But. I always set out good, like spicy Dijon mustard okay, yeah. and mayonnaise. And I I usually just use like Hellman's Best Foods mayonnaise. But anyway, I think even a really good roast chicken, people either want you to um, have really flavorful pan juices with yep. it or they serve it with a little something for dipping it in. I, I feel like I have had like a, like a spice the- rubbed roast chicken, like like with uh, like some dried chilies and stuff, maybe like like a, you know, Central or South American preparation that might be grilled or might be rotisseried that uh, that has that flavor interest because the, there's crispy skin. It's got texture yeah. for the crispy skin and it's got some spices on there. Hold on. Are we like getting around to a point of saying that basically uh, chicken doesn't have a lot of flavor? Uh, maybe. I mean, but- even even when it is really flavorful, it, it's still just chicken. But I, I don't know, but I, I feel the same way about a steak, like you said, and, and beef does have more flavor, and yet I do get bored a few 
bites into the steak. I agree. And I always... We I are almost, fucking weirdos. I almost always eat steak with like a really spicy Dijon mustard. Uh-huh. I like an A1 sauce. Wow. This makes me... So, you know, when I was a vegetarian... Is it possible that we were sent to Earth from another planet and had our memories wiped? We just are... We're here to try and learn the local customs, we but we're like, never really going to blend in. What is this thing you call roast chicken? Why <laughs> do you do this? Yes. When you could take this chicken... And you could and do like we do on our planet and, and rub it with some spices. <laughs> you no, know, space spices. No, you rub it against an old cheese. <laughs> you, you rub it, yeah. Ru- no, you rub it against a young cheese to transfer the uh, the beneficial bacteria. Because <laughs> we all know raw chicken is full of beneficial bacteria. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I tell you something terrible that yeah. I do? A while ago, um, my wife Lori, who's come up a lot on this episode for some reason, uh, was going through the freezer and pulling out all of the like bags of freezer bags of meat that I put in there and forgot about mm-hmm. and saying, I'm going to make a list of this stuff and you're going to cook it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, thank you. Uh, and it was on a Monday that she was doing it. And so uh, she said, okay, I've got your meat list here. And I said, oh, it must be meat list Monday. And she's like, that's terrible. Don't say that again. <laughs> but I was so proud of myself. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Oh, wow. Married life. So yeah, now that's, that's as exciting as things get around here. Meat list Mondays. Woo, woo, woo. This episode of Spilled Milk is brought to you by Squarespace. Molly, have you ever had that experience where you need to look something up on your phone and you go to their website and everything is like ridiculously wide and you have to scroll around or you have to like pinch oh, it and my zoom gosh. it? Matthew, this actually just happened to me yesterday. I was looking at a website for a company, I'm not going to name names, who I thought had this really beautiful website on my computer. And then later I opened it up on my phone and it was so weird. All the photographs were stretched like vertically. It, It was all wrong. I can tell you one thing. That company was not using Squarespace because uh-uh. when you use Squarespace, they have adaptive design. That means it looks great on your computer, of course. It looks just as good on your phone, your tablet, your Apple Watch. I don't know. Can you view websites on that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you can, then, it, then a Squarespace website will look great on that because they look great on everything. Yeah, and if you have a question while setting up your Squarespace website, you've probably heard that they have great customer service. It's 24-7. They can help you with any question you have, although you probably won't have any. It's really simple. Yeah, I mean, if you've heard that they have great customer service, you heard right. <laughs> yes, yes. So to get started, go to squarespace.com and sign up for a free trial. And when you are ready to launch, use the offer code SPILLED and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain name. That's squarespace.com, offer code SPILLED. The future is coming. Make it brighter with Squarespace. You know, I kind of wonder if roast chicken is sort of like the, it is kind of the meat equivalent of like boxed mac and cheese. Like, Interesting. Like the emotional effect it has on us, this feeling of, of being like snuggled in, in the bosom of of goodness. That sounds sounds great. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, the, the emotional impact. Can I say actually, it's not as good as that. The emotional impact is... Is much more substantial than the actual like flavor satisfaction. And maybe so we all have our comfort foods and maybe like eating eating a comfort food that isn't quite your comfort food is always going to be a little Does it feel alienating? It's not alien I mean we are we are aliens from another planet. <laughs> no, it's more it's more just like I get totally get why this would be someone's comfort food and yet to me it's just kind of dull. 
I wouldn't go so far as to say it's dull. I still find it like so satisfying in a way, but I just I don't really need to eat a lot of it. Sure. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about You want you want to consume the idea I do. directly without having to yeah, I encounter just, the the, uh, in, the like, corporeal form. Maybe what I need is like a song that gives me the same yes. feeling. Oh, there are songs like that. I <laughs> mean, I can think of I can think of some like roast chickeny songs. Yeah, what's a roast chickeny song for you? Like Ticket to Ride is a roast chickeny song. Oh God, it's a really roast chickeny yeah, song. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's very it's easy to like it's it's middle of the road do you road. know what's a roast chickeny song for me yeah country road by john denver oh yeah sure god, that is so roast chicken oh i love john denver when i was a kid especially oh, god it just makes me feel like everything is gonna be okay and like i am enough and i'm <laughs> yeah. gonna cry again i even though i am the last remaining <laughs> person on the you know life form on this planet it's going to be okay. I've got this John Denver tape, and oops, I just ran out of batteries. Oh. <laughs> okay, hold on. So what, let's, let's before we fall down this black hole of just music, which oh, yeah, we do yeah. all okay. the time, sure. okay? Um, let's just talk a little bit about different methods for roasting chicken, yep. because I've done a lot of these methods. And let's not forget, I want to talk about chicken size. Yes. At some point. Okay. So as like off the top of my head, I've made the Zuni chicken. That was the one I kind of trained myself on. Uh, let's let's talk right now about what that is. So the Zuni Cafe chicken, I feel like there are two things that are really um, emblematic mm-hmm. of this chicken. One is uh, the pre-salting. Yeah. Uh, basically, you're dry brining this chicken. You're salting it at least 24 hours in advance. Is that right? 24 to 48? Uh, yes. And I, I managed like 14 hours, something like that. And you're salting it quite abundantly. I think it's like three quarters of a teaspoon per pound or something. Yes. And um, this, this is a pet peeve of mine that uh, let's just get this out there. Okay. Um, I, I wasn't sure whether to use kosher salt or fine sea salt because the recipe called for sea salt, but who knows what that means. I think that that recipe was written like just uh, like a couple years before we started getting really precise about salts in our Yeah. Recipes. So I think, I think I did not use enough salt because okay. I think I used a coarser salt than than the recipe was imagining. Okay. But but it's fine. I'm pretty sure that the original recipe gosh, I really I, I've always made it out of the cookbook. I know you looked it up on the New York Times yeah. website. Uh I'm pretty sure the original calls for kosher salt. Okay, so maybe I did it right. Anyway, but um so basically you salt it abundantly. You rub it with salt and then you I really like the way you say abundantly. And then you This could be your your catchphrase. And like then your, you this leave could be it your in the fridge for, you know, this designated period of time. Uh-huh. Then you um then you're basically going to cook it at a really high heat in the oven. Yeah, that was exciting. Yeah. I preheated the oven to 475. Um you like usually there's a lot of smoke and sputtering fat involved. Yeah, maybe I maybe I could have gone even higher because there wasn't that much of that. I I mean, this this is a real oven destroyer of a recipe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, you cook it at really high heat. You flip it once during, no, you flip it twice, twice during baking. The idea being- That was scary. It is. And it's almost impossible, I find, to uh, to not have the skin tear at least a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Or in my case, a lot. Um, so it is you. You cook it on a skillet. Yeah, cast um, iron I mean, skillet. Yeah. So I, I used I used like a stainless skillet, and uh, you preheat the skillet and put the chicken on, and it uh, and it sizzles a little, and then you put it in the oven. That's it feels very like restaurant cooking. Yes, it does. It does. 
So, so there's that recipe. I feel like that was the original, uh, like. Uh, there's like, original recipe, and then there's extra tasty crispy. Well, Judy Rogers, who was the um, she she is now no longer living. She was a real force uh, in California cooking, and uh, she wrote the Zuni Cafe cookbook. She was the chef there. Yep. Anyway, I feel like she was the first one to really broadly get out there this idea of pre-salting your meat and then cooking it at a really high temperature. Yes, although the the high temperature thing predated her uh by by quite a bit because um, Barbara Kafka's book Roasting oh. like it was it was an entire cookbook uh, I feel like late 80s, yeah, early 90s, yeah, yeah. where every recipe in the book started heat? started with preheat the oven to 500. And it was really? very controversial. Wow, very I didn't, controversial. I didn't realize For that she was... For a while, was... nobody in America was talking about anything other than this roasting <laughs> book. And like, you know, is, is 500 too hot? Like, should we roast everything that hot? Well, it is the book that Barbara Kafka is known for. Yeah. I mean, she's written many things. Um, but... I, I didn't realize that she was roasting things at such high temperatures. Oh, because, yeah, she was out of control. Well, most people have not stuck with that. Most people right. are like down to like three seventy five or four hundred. Yeah, which you know is what? Quite you know gentle. what I think? Fuck those people. Anyway, um, so okay, Barbara Kafka. We'll give credit where it's due. But anyway, uh, okay. There's also a Thomas Keller recipe, I believe, in Ad Hoc at Home. I think I've made that one. It was fine. I think I maybe learned. Either how to trust or not trust with that one. <laughs> you, how do you learn how to not do something? Well, because like, so the Zuni Cafe one does not have you trust. Right. I think Thomas Keller wants you to trust. And oh, his recipe. Thomas Keller wants you to trust him. His recipe was really big on Epicurious. Probably still is. It's called like My Simplest Roasted Chicken or something. Sure, that and a lot sense. of people swear by it. And I think one of the things is you trust it. But anyway, so yeah, there's the Thomas Keller method. Um, then, uh, I've also made one from Ashley Rodriguez's cookbook, Date Night In. It's rubbed, I believe, with butter, like under the skin too, and like yes. oh, herbs. That, that's like a Julia Child, and, like rubbing the chicken with butter. I can hear Julia Child's voice when yes, you say that. Yes. And, um, and yeah, herbs and I think grainy mustard. That was really good, but it's like... I don't know. It was really good. And for a while, I think last winter, I was kind of on a kick with that one. But then I kind of felt like, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, then I this winter have moved on to Samin's uh, buttermilk marinated uh -huh. chicken. So this, we said we weren't going to talk about this. Um, I wonder if like, you know, what keeps jumping to my head and then I'm like, no, we said we weren't going to talk about chicken roasted in pieces rather than whole. Mm -hmm. But I really like tandoori chicken. And it. You know, it is certainly roast chicken. It's just not roasted whole. Well, and then there's also the issue of like spatchcocking. Like, right. You know, there's like the issue of spatchcocking. I think a lot of people feel that the best roast chicken is a spatchcocked chicken. I think if you went out and asked five people on the street right now, <laughs> how do you feel about spatchcocking? All of them would think you were talking about a weird sex thing. Yeah. God, I love spatchcocking. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? If yeah. you haven't tried it, you need to get on that. Um, anyway, but so so it's really hard to figure out. Uh, Matthew, I think we really have to restrict it down, though, to talking about the whole Fine. chicken cooked like, you know, in its original football type shape. <laughs> yes. Not spatchcocked. I think not... the, the shape of a roast chicken was actually based originally on the shape of a football. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the, the shape of the chicken was actually designed. Yes. Which came first, the chicken or the football? That's a good. People have been asking that since time immemorial. And we're here to answer it. It was the football. OK. Great. <laughs> the old pigskin. Yes. Um, the, the recent thing you see where, where football players throw a, a chicken carcass around. <laughs> 
that that's a recent innovation. Well, it's mostly that they've learned about the beneficial effects of rubbing themselves with the bacteria. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good for your skin. Yeah, <laughs> a little a little salmonella can do wonders. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a bunch of stuff on the agenda about rotisserie chicken, but I think we should do a separate episode on that because this one is pretty much done. Yeah. Okay. But wait, hold on. Yes. One more thing. So the the one thing, oh, I got, wait, hold on. Other roasted chicken methods that yeah. I've done. Oh yeah. I've done a beer can chicken. Oh, have you? I've, I've heard about that. I pretty sure I've eaten it, but I've never done it. So um, at the rehearsal dinner for my wedding, we had beer can chicken that was then pulled and we made made it into sandwiches. It was delicious. That's not like a grilling thing? Well, it's grilling, but you're cooking it whole. And so the yeah. meat never actually like touches the grill. You're basically using the grill as like an oven. Okay, that makes sense. But, but you get a little smokiness probably, right? Mm, I don't know. A little bit, a little bit. Could I don't you know. do it in an oven? No, because I think you need the heat underneath the beer can. Okay. But I'm sure that people have tried this, and I'm maybe and, and our listeners failed. will look it up. Okay, the other thing is um, there's that, like, um, what do you call it? The it, It's like a special kitchen gadget that looks like... Spatchcocker. It's not, <laughs> it's not a spatchcocker. It kind of, uh, it's made of metal, and you're a in... Spatula. No. <laughs> You're intended to stand the chicken up on it the way oh, you would stand the like chicken up. Oh, like a vertical up. roaster? A vertical roaster. I've tried that too. Uh-huh. And it was delicious, but then I didn't use it again. Okay. Uh, anyway, have we ever done a show about kitchen gadgets? We have, but we could do another one. Yeah, because so recently my partner moved in with me and she, I, I think- don't, I don't think I knew this until you've told me on the on the show. I mean, recently as in this weekend. Okay. <laughs> anyway, she uh, is a little bit more gadget friendly than I am. Oh, nice. And, and it's always like a, a difficult thing to broach with a new person. <laughs> like, like oh my God. It's the most difficult thing can, to talk about. Can I be honest about my scorn for kitchen gadgetry oh. with this person? So like, what has she got? She got like a shrimp de-vainer? Well, so she, no. <laughs> She went to Home Depot because so um, so we wanted just a, a cheap like Weber charcoal grill. Uh-huh. And she went to Home Depot and bought one. And this was like end of summer. This was like two weeks ago. And outside Home Depot, they had a whole bunch of these like special corn grilling apparatuses. Uh-huh. It was like $4.99 or something. And it was basically, you know, those like... Um, Things for grilling fish. It's like a basket. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know what you mean, like a so, fish-shaped basket that opens clamshell style. Yes. yes. So it was like that, only instead of being fish-shaped, it was, it was kind corn of... corn-shaped? Well, it, it looked like it, it was meant to hold four ears of corn. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, so it kind of had these, like, this undulation look to it. You were meant to fit the corn cur- the corn cobs. Seems like you could also use this to make giant waffles. Uh, except it, they was all drip just, through it, the, well, it yeah. was just like two pieces of metal that had been bent. Try and work with me on this bit. No. <laughs> anyway, I made fun of her relentlessly <laughs> because by the time you put the, the, <laughs> the ears of corn in there, then it won't close anymore. Oh, no. And I was just like, hold on. You can put the ears of corn just straight on the grates and then turn them with a... Tong. With tongs. Or a tong. With a tong. <laughs> anyway, so, so, but basically I was like, oh no, she's a kitchen gadget person. Does she have one of those garlic peelers that you roll? No. You put the garlic, I like this. I don't have one, but <laughs> now that I'm doing it and doing the hand motion, I want one. Have we ever done a garlic show? Yeah. Oh God, I'm forgetting all our episodes <laughs> as usual. But anyway, 
Yeah. So <laughs> I used to have one of those vertical roasters and I got rid of it actually when I was cleaning a bunch of stuff out uh-huh. in preparation for her and moving then, in. And then when she arrived, she brought another one. <laughs> <laughs> no. She did bring these teeny tiny whisks that she had gotten <gasps> in her stocking I last love year. Those. And she was like, do, do we need these? And I was like, God, no. And I took them to Goodwill this morning, actually. But you didn't put them in her stocking. No, I didn't put them in her stocking. I think her family did. But I felt bad. Like, there was so much hope embodied in these little... These little whisks, and yet oh, they're yeah. they're dumb. The you hope, don't need those. The hope those. of miniature cookies, or the, the cake. hope of miniature jars of vinaigrette. I don't know yeah, exactly. That's what we all hope for. Anyway, that's what I want in my stocking. Okay, last thing. Salad so, dressing. So, it, so in your vast experience of roasting chickens, do you rub your chickens with anything? Wait, this isn't the last thing because we cavity? haven't talked about chicken size yet. Oh. Um. Okay. So I rubbed it with salt. I know Marcella Hazan says put a couple of lemons in the cavity, and I think that was also kind of controversial because people were like, "Does that actually do anything? Why not?" Yeah, I mean, it probably smells good. I don't know if it does anything either, but I've always liked the idea of yeah, it. Yeah, probably I think doesn't I've, hurt. I think I've done it a couple times. Um, the the Zuni recipe actually says to put some herbs, herbs under the skin, which I didn't bother to do. But I mean, that I sounds usually, nice. I usually do that, and I think it's really nice. What what kind of herbs do you favor? Rosemary, thyme. Oh, I don't really like rosemary very much. I like rosemary in in minimal quantities. I like it so in, minimally that, that it's not, it's not there. in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, so the chicken size thing. I uh, wait. What about rubbing it with butter oh, or um, brushing it with olive oil or no? Just just salt and pepper. You know, I did like that Ashley Rodriguez thing where I made. I basically made like a compound butter and smeared uh-huh. that all over it. It and was it really burn. nice. I think you put it under the skin. Oh, mostly. Oh yeah. That sounds pretty good. It was nice. It was really nice. I, maybe I should go back to that recipe. I don't know why I stopped making it. Maybe I got lazy. I, you know, recipes with fresh herbs. I just can't be bothered sometimes. It's yeah. I think everybody has that problem. We all want to think of ourselves as as grown up fresh herb people, but then it's like, do we maintain an herb garden? Do we buy the little uh, clamshells and then let three dollar herbs and let them go bad? Three of them. Yeah, we we can't be trusted to do human things. No. Uh, so the chicken size thing, like uh, most roast chicken recipes, I feel like call for like a you know a three to four pound chicken, maybe mm-hmm. sometimes even less, and. In my experience, it is hard to find a chicken that is not between like four and three quarters and six pounds. That seems to be really? the going size. Yeah. Okay. So my usual grocery store, Ballard Market, sells three different types of or three different brands of of, okay. of, of uh, whole raw chickens. And there's one of them definitely that tends to have smaller sizes. Okay. Um, yesterday I was at Central Market in Shoreline. Yeah, I love that place. And it's amazing. They only had one type of whole raw chicken. And um, I think it was a Rocky whole chicken. Yeah, I've heard of that. A Ranger or something. I can't remember. But anyway, they were pretty big. The yeah. smallest one I could get was 4.35. Um, yeah, and that's... My my impression is the reason roast chicken recipes call for a smaller one is that it's easier to like get it cooked without the outside getting overcooked. That makes sense. That um, makes sense. I, do you think that you know even these organic chickens are so big these yeah, days? Yeah. So I did this one. I found one at Safeway that that like admittedly looked kind of scrawny in the package. It was like just over three pounds. A, a Safeway brand organic. Uh huh. Um and uh, and I mean it. Came out pretty well cooked, even though even though I like cooked it to too high a temperature, it's mm-hmm. it's not bad. Yeah, I think that the 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 salting ahead of time is huge. I think yeah. it's really huge. It locks in so much moisture. How does it do that? 
Um, well, it's like, uh, you know, it, it denatures protein so that they hold on to more liquid rather than just letting it all steam out. Oh, this cool. is this is how I understand it. Cool. Okay. Gosh, I love it when we actually have like information on this show sometimes. Uh-huh. Did you know I have a biology degree? Did you know that I have a biology degree? Yes. Uh, Did you forget for a minute? No, there? I no? didn't. I just that was the joke. But oh, was not that a really. pregnant pause? Yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, did you know I'm pregnant? <laughs> That's a biology oh, joke. You're cute. This episode was brought to you by Full Pole Wines. Matthew, do you uh, do you ever go shopping for wine in the grocery store and find yourself completely lost like I do? Uh, yes, 100% of the time. Well, you should pay attention to those Full Pull Wines emails you've been getting because <laughs> Full Pull Wines is this fantastic company out of Seattle. They have been selling boutique Northwest wines and imports as well since 2009, and they send out an email every so often to their mailing list with stories about these wines, information that you can't find just by going into the grocery store. And they help you pick out the most delicious wines. Uh, You're going to love this, Matthew. All right, I'm sold. Where do I sign up? You sign up at fullpullwines.com. Is it true that they have a sparkling rosé exclusively for list members? (laughs) Gosh, we must be reading from the same piece of paper. Yes. All right, I'm on it. Fullpullwines.com. That was our roast chicken episode. Yeah, so we've learned we learned two things: uh, pre-salt your roast chicken, and um, don't bother with roast chicken. <laughs> I mean, but it'll make you feel good. No, like I mean, oh, uh, please, okay, go to facebook.com/slash spilled milk podcast, and would you tell us what your roast chicken song is? Like, what is yes. the song for you that makes you feel the way roast chicken does? Uh, yeah. Like almost, <laughs> almost better than roast chicken. Well, yes, but I was going to say like I all of the ones I think of are Beatles songs. So, so that's, that's I do it for feel me. like it's a song. It, it, in general, I think that it's probably going to be a song that you heard early in life. Yeah, I mean, like Country Road. I remember going to a John Denver concert with my parents and like falling asleep in my mom's lap. I've just seen a face. That's another roast chicken song for me. What's that? It's um. It was. I think it was on only the American release of Rubber Soul or Revolver. Okay. One of those. Okay. Okay. I've cool. I've just seen a face. I can't forget the time or place when we just met. She's just the girl for me, and I want all the world to see we've met. Ooh. <laughs> it's a. It's like a Paul McCartney solo song, basically. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. This yeah, is pa- great. I think Paul McCartney is more is is the roast chicken of the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I buy that. Uh huh. Um, okay, so yeah, tell us how you feel about roast chicken. I mean, really, so do you, like, does your excitement about roast chicken continue through the eating process? <laughs> that is, that's a good way of putting it, right? actually. Or yeah. is it is it mostly about the anticipation of yeah. it? Yeah. And, and the... I mean, it's okay to love the journey. It's also okay to love the chicken. We won't judge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I clearly, I keep making these things, even uh-huh. though I feel really ambivalent about how much I like it. Yeah, and I, and I keep, like, enjoying the, the idea of, like, like, the image of you pulling a roast chicken out of the oven. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll post a picture of that, I guess. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I did not. I was going to take a picture of this beautiful roast chicken oh, before no, I cut it's, it up. Oh, no, it's so, all, it's a disaster. Uh, now I'm going to take now. a picture of this uh, disaster area. And you can find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk podcast yep and uh you know we should be just posting the picture from our episode even though it's always a a terrifying picture taken by me Mm -hmm. but we should do that 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll take it today. Maybe it'll be just a little bit less terrifying. Okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, we, I don't think we even mentioned yet spilledmilkpodcast.com where we'll post a link to the Zuni Cafe chicken recipe. Any other recipes we're going to link to? Um, we'll see what else is we can Ashley find Rodriguez out there. Is the Ashley Rodriguez one online? Uh, I don't know if it is. Maybe just in the book? Um, I bet we book. can find that Thomas Keller, like my simple roasted yes. chicken or something. Or maybe it's, or is it like Hubert Keller? Is that <laughs> those, the, those are two different guys. Those are guys. two different chefs. Oh, gosh. Now I really can't remember. Um, yeah, or maybe it's... Um, uh, Helen Keller. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, of all the things that that we remember (laughs) Helen Kellen for, probably her roast chicken. Helen Kellen. (laughs) What? Helen Kellen, that's what you said. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) This is a very long episode with very few jokes. I'm Uh, Molly Weisenberg. And I'm the cute one. Uh, We probably want like napkins or utensils or something. Well, yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 